Hello and welcome to the Creators Podcast, where we explore ideas around creativity, curiosity and intuition. I'm the host Elise, and on this podcast I'll be talking to a range of artists, both emerging and established, about their own journey with creativity. Today I have with me Maggie McDonald, a talented artist, designer and educator who holds so much passion, insight and joy. Maggie, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Very excited to chat to you. More than welcome. And I can see you do a little bit of everything. Can you tell me a bit more about how this all started? I do do a lot of a lot of things. <laughs> I really enjoy being creative and I I really enjoy having my fingers in lots of different pies as they say. So, I basically I did art in school and and was in a very creative household. I I grew up with a mum who was a potter and we we were always encouraged to be creative and did, did art in school but but didn't study art like I always wanted to and I dreamt of being an artist. I remember when I was um, about seven years old but then you know you go through uh, school and you leave school and it's like you know you can't be an artist because that doesn't make you any money so I kind of studied something else and um, life kind of took over and um, all the while tried to be creative here and there but it wasn't until I think my son started kindy um, and I decided to go back to school to study design which was crazy, uh, studying one day a week in the city and then doing four days a week of work. So studied design with the aim to become a stylist because at the time I was just, you know, kind of thinking that's something that I would like to do. And halfway through the course, we were doing a lot of visual arts-based assignments and halfway through the course I realised that I want to create. I don't want to style things that people have created. I want to create the things that people style. So that was like a light bulb moment for me. I went on to finish that um, Cert for in Design and then did my diploma in Surface Design, which is basically just designing print and pattern for anything that you can print on. And these days that's pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I kind of started painting in the second year of study, start, started scraping paint on top of each other as exercises for making patterns and just rediscovered my love of, of being creative and painting and um, started with the cheapy paints from the dollar shop and the cheapy canvases and, you know, kind of started doing a bit of art again and, and kind of sold a little piece here to a friend and I remember my mother-in-law was so supportive. She she was buying artworks for her house at the time. Aww. And still now she has probably got five of my artworks and um, they're all different styles because I was <laughs> experimenting. And I laugh because we look at them and they're so different. But she was, you know, she was she was constantly trying to support me in what I was doing, which was awesome. And then it just kind of took off from there. I started, you know, kind of selling to one person here and then Instagram at that time. So we're going back about five and a half years now, was mm. just starting to take off. So I kind of came in at that time where it was just starting out and I started posting some things on Instagram and um, it kind of just became my way of sharing my own rediscovery of art and creativity Mm. with everyone around me and it kind of just you know it was an outlet for me to share what I was creating in my in my then spare room 
in my house with with the rest of the world and um it's kind of grown from there which has been amazing so yeah that's kind of like my journey it's it's taken some twists and turns along the way um but i'm i'm at a really good place at the moment where i've got this really good balance between running this business which is a full-time job and then mm. also being able to do some passion projects and some charity work and everything else that goes and be a mum and you know everything else that goes with that so i'm feeling very lucky to be able to be in this space where i am at the moment Mm, absolutely and that balance is is a huge thing to be able to have because you will just burn out and to know that you know your boundaries and stuff is incredible and I just wanted to touch on um in terms of like going to uni and, and studying was that really a hard line to find okay this if I study this I'm going to get a job out of it compared to this is what I actually would love to learn and study yes so when I was so like let's go back right 1994 when I left school mm -hmm. it was like you need to find something that is going to give you a job that was the prerequisite so you basically decided okay I can't go and study any of these creative things because there is no job security so it was really hard because what I really wanted to do was create and do something really creative but what I was told to do was get study something that's going to get you a job and that's mm. the way that it was, you know, kind of all through school. When I went back to school to study again, I guess um, there was a lot of kind of ideas floating around at the time. I always knew that I'd be able to do something with it, but it took me the two years of studying to kind of really figure out what it was. And even studying as a surface designer, you're thinking, okay, so I'm going to be a surface designer. I'm going to design patterns and sell them. And that's what I'm going to do and license them. But that's not the core of my business now. The core of my business is creating original art. So that kind of came out of um, studying and understanding that maybe that is not exactly where you need to be. Your, your purpose or your road is painting and creating and selling original art, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. And yeah. how did you find the courage to then go against something that maybe isn't guaranteed much work or is a little bit unknown and go through and take that path? I, oh, that's a, that's a tough question. Do you know what? It was this thing of like, okay, so I'm going to do this. I had gone through some trauma a couple of years back and it really put me in a position of reevaluating what was important. Mm. And I was in this dead end administration job at that time. And I was just like hating my job. And I had, you know, it was really soul destroying for me at the time. And I'd come out of that and I've just gone, you know what? Like life is really, really short you need to now do something that is going to be for you and you need to find something, that thing that makes you happy and that makes you get up in the morning. And I think that's the thing that pushed me to start studying again. And I also think that's the, the thing that has kind of pushed me through the moments where you kind of want to give it all up because it's hard putting yourself out there. It's hard pushing through when there's no sales and, you know, all of this stuff that comes with running a business. And I think that that knowing that, you know, like I did this for a reason has been the thing that pushes me through. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting to know what trauma can do in that sense. Because when you are in such a, a vulnerable state, it really makes you question, all right, what, you know, what is life? What am I doing? Why is it not working? What purpose do I have? And then you really get down and question everything. All right, is my, you know, is work making me happy? Is what I'm doing what I love? And if the answer is no, you really have a reason to kind of go in and pursue that. 
Absolutely. And it's like, it's like when you hit rock bottom and you're in this, the space of, you know, grief, like I was, you just kind of sit there and you go, okay, right. So you, it's almost as if you build yourself up from scratch back one bit at a time. And the person that comes out of that is a person that does not kind of care about that whole big picture stuff. It's the person that cares about physically being able to get through a day and get through another day and function and you know move through what they're going through so for me that actually makes it it makes me appreciate every single small thing that i have and kind of just focus on what is important to me mm, absolutely and it makes you question everything as well it's kind of yes. yeah that that massive step back all right is this the work i want to do is this right? and it, and a lot of the time i feel like a lot of people that have it quite comfortable nothing wrong with that that's completely fine but they don't question things and like is the the suburb I live in where I want to be do I want to be in a different country do I want to be in a different industry like you really question absolutely everything and that's such a pivotal place of growth absolutely and this is the thing like it's it's and it's and it is a scary thing I tell you to take a step and to do that thing that you want to do and to say the things that you want to say and to move you know differently to what you were moving before and it is even like that today for me still you know like saying being involved in certain things that I do you know opening my mouth and you know saying stuff that I want to say it's scary but when you actually look around you, you see that there are so many people around you that need that, you know, kind of inspiration to be able to take that step, you mm -hmm. know, take that class, make that change, you know, um, maybe look at their lives and actually think about what is important to them. Mm, absolutely. And that's kind of why I want to do this podcast as well. I feel like in terms of like that artistic process, people are, are scared. It's really scary. And even having people around you say, it's not a job, it's not a career, what are you doing? It's it can be lonely and it can be scary and I want to be able to encourage emerging artists, even find the answers like for myself as to have the courage to just follow that because I know my intuition's telling me to go this way. I know it's the right way I'm going but it's scary and it's daunting. It's absolutely scary and daunting and that's the thing. It's really hard to bring those two together. It's the fact that the reality, okay, so we've got intuition and you know in your gut and I think I've known this since I was five years old that I'm meant to be doing this, okay. Mm. Um, it's funny, my husband said to me one day, he goes to me like I was going <laughs> to, it was like a year in and it was all really hard and I was just kind of like wanting to give it all up because it's hard and no one's buying anything or not making any money or whatever it might be and he just looked at me one day and I was I was about to go and take like get a job at the art store just so I could get some sort of kind of income coming in and he just looked at me and when he went you are not doing that he goes you were born to do this and it was mm. fascinating to me because he could see that even though I couldn't see that all along. So there's that, there's your intuition and the thing that, that you know that this is what you're destined to do, but then there's the reality of, of what you're doing. It's the fact that, yes, we want to follow our dream, but we also need to be able to live and we need to be able to pay our bills and do all the things that grown-ups have to do. I think that's the scary bit for most people. And I think with that, it's been very interesting. There's a lot, there was a lot of talk about, you know, follow your dreams and do what makes you happy and all these things. And that's all great, but you can't follow your dream of being an artist if you're completely broke and you, or you don't have any food and you don't have money to pay your bills, right? So mm -hmm. my thing has always been that you can do the thing that you are destined to do alongside other things until you get to a point where you can step into your 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 destiny or your purpose 
So that's a very important thing, I think, for anyone wanting to go into full time being an artist and running, doing this as a, as a, as a business or being an artist for a living. You have to be realistic about the, the path that you're taking. So you may be, you know, better off painting two days a week and having another job, a job or two jobs even to fund your art business for a while. Like so many artists that I know that have been doing this for the same time as, as I have that have only literally in the last year given up their full-time jobs to be an artist full-time. So it's not all give it all up, follow your dreams and just throw caution to the wind and do it. it there is a, there's a bit of strategy and a bit of work involved in getting there. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And do you find that the art you do has changed a lot since it's become a business, like from hobby and just exploring and painting to it actually being a business or do you feel like there's still some consistency and some still groundedness in that? There is, um, I think so, as progressed as a business, um, there's always been the, you know, like at the start you're experimenting and you're kind of testing and things and, and it is, it's a lot to do with where you're going as an artist yourself. But so what's happened is um, I've been able to create whatever I feel like but also gauge, so this is your bread and butter for lack of a better word. So how we run it is like you've got your artworks that you know sell. Mm -hmm. You've got artworks that you know are, you know, your bread and butter. These are the artworks that you you enjoy doing and they are, you know, they're a, a standard in your style. And then you've also given yourself scope on the other hand, and this is what I do in my own creative practice, to experiment alongside creating mm. artworks that you know sell. So the trick with this is to always keep some sort of space in your creative practice for experimenting and mm. for pushing boundaries and for kind of trying new things because it's very easy to get stale and it's it's interesting because I find that your audience will be able to pick up on that as well. So I make sure that I've got one artwork on the side that I can always be playing around with and then I have my bread and butter artworks and that's what my business runs on and that's the artworks that I know um, they sell well and my customers like them. I have specific sizes and that's what I stick with and that's kind of how I've – that's taken me a long time to figure out but that's how I run my business now. Mm, that's so important to have that on the side and not, and not losing that. I think that's really key because that's what I kind of worry about. Look, if I do – you know, start making as a business, it's going to be things more so that sell, more so that are popular rather than maybe what I want to do. And I, I was like, mm, that doesn't sit quite right of doing only things that are selling or, or trending, but knowing to keep that other creative practice going like simultaneously is important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, mm. the, that's the key to staying organic and authentic because it's very easy to just fall into the trap. It, it absolutely is fall into the trap of using on-trend colours. Everyone, you know, like this is what everyone's buying, so let's go buy that. We do do that to a point. Like you'll mm -hmm. be guided by um, just, you know, just like the interior designers, I guess, are you know, guided by trends. I'm also guided by trends as in like seasonal trends and what I'm feeling drawn towards and what I'm feeling, you know, colours and things like that. So it's an interesting one because we also talk about, you know, fine art versus interior art. So a lot of a lot of what I do is interior art. Mm -hmm. Um and in that respect it's interior art 
it's based on not trends so much but just based on where it will go in people's homes so you do keep an eye on what's happening and then in that respect you have that you have that other side of your business where you just do whatever you feel like doing and that's what keeps the two like running alongside each other and it keeps it balanced mm, yeah for sure and that's that's really good to know because yeah, I started getting into more like resin and acrylics. So I'm not sure how that all came about. I think I was in an art store and, and saw that and kind of got on board. And I loved doing it. I was able to do markets um, and commission pieces and it was a nice little way of getting a bit of income and, you know, really kind of feel like an artist. But I've realised it's not what I truly want to be doing. Like I'd much rather paint. I'd much rather be doing my own creative processes than than that. But it was like, oh, but that's such a tricky thing. I'm not really making money from my art. I'm kind of just playing around in the garage and and painting maybe I should keep doing the, the markets and the resin but it, I could tell that's not like I could, you know I had a bit of a gut feeling that's not the way I want to go and so I've pulled back and it's scary because I'm not making much of an income but I know it feels more true to me than following those trends. Absolutely and that's a that's a very very cool feeling you know to be feeling so in touch with exactly what you should be creating so it's it's in, I get that all the time in my studio like some some artworks you create them and you just you just so I feel like I'm so just at that moment right where I should be and that that is exactly what I should be creating mm. um and those are the ones that you just want to keep creating right so and that's that's the path that you that you want to follow so that is absolutely and it's exciting to hear that that you're in your garage just you know kind of doing this and 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 creating and um that energy is very very important to have in your art practice but then like I said before so then you've got you know you've got your resin you've got all your other things you know that could be a side income to fund buying more art supplies um, and to to help you be able to create the things that you really want to create mm, mm. and at the moment I'm not focusing on on selling anything I'm, I'm happy to have my cafe jobs and and whatnot as a financial thing because I don't want it to change what I do too much yet and I know yeah. I'm not in a position to do that and so it's nice to have my regular jobs as my financial thing and having it separate for now and enjoying it as a hobby and then seeing where it goes and that's fantastic that's exactly you know like that's the way that if you want to keep that you know kind of really pure with your with your creative practice at the moment then that's the way that you you know that you make your money and then there's no pressure on you to sell anything and I find that that will then again keep your art really authentic and organic mm, mm. and what was the transition like for you was that something that was quite daunting or it happened quite effortlessly from just experimenting to having works that do sell like you are a full-time artist that's pretty oh. incredible <laughs> it was scary daunting frustrating like just all of those things rolled into one right so it's it's anything that a a small business is um and then you roll into that the fact that art is such a personal thing and that every time we put an art artwork out there it's like oh my god I've just put my soul online mm. and I'm waiting for people you know so it is it was a it was a very gradual transition at the start I was really lucky that my husband um he's got a you know a really good job and he works full-time I worked for the first year and a half of my um, business still and while I was studying and um, it probably took me about a year and a half to really be making enough money to call it a salary. 
and even then it was you know kind of it was not crazy amounts of money and I don't like talking about money but we've got to be you know like realistic as a full-time artist your income comes from your art sales so you have to talk about money it was yeah it was funny and and we all joke all the artists that I know we joke it's like it has waves so it's be like you'll you'll do really really well you sell lots of artwork and, and then it'll just go really quiet and it's like this peak and drop the whole time at the start so you've got, you'll have periods of being really quiet and then periods of being really busy but there there was at the start no consistency it's probably only in the last two years that it's been really consistent um mm-hmm. and uh, that I've got to a place now where you know, like I'm paying myself a salary and um, consistent sales and it's just, I guess, less of the peaks and troughs and more of a kind of like an even flow, which is it's it's fantastic to be able to get to a point where that is um, that is the way it works. Mm, yeah, that's that's really incredible to see to see how that's come along as well. And are you still doing some of that more interior um, surface based stuff? Is that another part of what you do no so I mainly at the moment sell through just through my own website um Mm -hmm. and so I I work with some online galleries um so the world the, the way the world works at the moment is just you know it's just amazing to be able to pop you know paint something in my studio here in Sydney pop it up online and then sell it to someone in Germany and then the company will just organize the the, the shipping. I pack it up and it gets picked up from the front door and off it goes. So wow. for me, that is like, that is the best business model because I am, I'm a kind of like a homebody. So I like to just be in my space and I get to just create and pack things up and then you know it's all taken care of so I also I think for artists starting out that's a fantastic way to start out and to gauge how you're doing with your art as well is to join one of our we've got quite a few in Australia but the two main ones are Blue Thumb Art and Art Lovers Australia so I, I've been working with them for quite a few years now and I, um, I have consistent sales through there so that's a really good way to start out um, for most artists so yeah I, I tend to just paint what I want to paint and then pop it up online and then that's that's how I go there are artists who who work with interior stores and also interior designers and that's a different kind of business model so that you actually put a lot of your art in different interior stores and you you do that on consignment so you give them the artwork and once it sells then you know kind of you get paid for your artwork sales which is a different model Mm. Yeah, they're both different different ways yeah. that you can yeah. go. I both have yeah, their pros absolutely. and absolutely no. Pros and I know, cons. Like, yeah, and you can you know you can do both at the same time. It's totally up to you. I do find that there's so many opportunities in, at the moment. So it's interesting that you're saying it's really daunting. It is daunting, but there are so many. Um, it's so much. I feel like it's so much easier these days to get your art out there and to get it seen and to actually run a business like this than it would have been probably when I left school so there are the that's a plus I think as much as it as it is daunting there are so many more tools and so many more ways that you can actually get your stuff out there we don't do like back in the day I sound so old now but back (laughs) in the day it was like you needed to get in with a with a gallery 
to get your work into a gallery and then the gallery would then, you know, kind of show your work and take 50% of the commission and um, that's the only way you really got your name out there. Now with Instagram and, you know, online galleries all over the world, you can you can literally paint since painting now and have it pop it up. So it really is a very different business model to what mm. it used to be like Um and it basically puts the power back in your hands. Um, you're marketing directly to your, to your target market and you control, I guess, who sees your work and you control what you put out there. Mm, and isn't that crazy just how accessible things are with technology and just the world we live in? It's not just you finish school, you get a degree and that gives you your job. It's literally anything. You can, you know, pack up your house into a bag and travel for years. You can take gap years. You can do anything you can you know work at hostels you can do art you can be creative and see where that goes it's just such an abundant like any idea you have if you really work for it you know that can kind of become reality and it's such a beautiful time to be to be living yeah it absolutely is it's interesting because I you know like my son just started high school and I look at him now in school and the subjects and the, the support and all the options and so like I was saying before when we were in school um you were like this is you're going to study this thing when you go out of school and you're going to become this thing and that's going to be your job for the rest of your life so make sure that you choose very carefully because mm. this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life so to be in a position where you know when now you can pivot as many times as you like and that's totally fine you know you can start out as doing this then moving to that like there is no there is so many opportunities and I find it just really exciting like I think I'm kind of reliving high school with my son mm. I'm just going oh my goodness you've got this is so cool you've got photography you know like it's it's amazing because he in his mind already he doesn't have that pressure of I need to study this to become this he just mm. like oh okay I might do this but I might do this um and I may do this at the same time which is to me that's an amazing way to be I guess thinking at this stage without all that pressure of I need to just become this one thing and that's what I'm going to be for the rest of my life mm, and it means that you can kind of jump on and follow these opportunities like I might say be doing some art for a while and then I might meet someone and and get into, you know, maybe I like these patterns and start exploring patterns and that gets me into an interior job and then I might meet someone who travels and travel with them and it's so nice to know that same opportunity comes up unexpected or, or anything that you can take it and, and roll with it in. and it can be a complete career change, life change, location change because Absol you're just following it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing with me. I think when I went to, you know, went to study design again, I I kind of had no idea that, that that's where this would lead. And I was like, I sit, I sit, sit in my studio some days and I'm like, I know, I don't know quite how I got here. And then I try and retrace the steps and it's kind of, there's been so many different opportunities and, and twists and turns. And that's the one thing I've learned is just to say yes. Mm. so it's so scary you have no idea I am not the world's biggest like person who takes chances I usually would say oh no no you know I'm not and I think once I went through you know like the trauma we spoke about before and I I did all of this I kind of just went you know what I've got nothing to lose I'm just gonna say yes and at the mm. start of my career, I said yes to everything, like literally everything, right? And it's amazing. Some of those things led to fantastic opportunities. Other things were duds and nothing happened. But often the things that I said yes to that I didn't think anything of at the time led to some 
different opportunities and connections with people that that they still have now. So if I hadn't said yes to some of those things, I probably wouldn't be here today. So that's, you know, that's the thing. You just got to close your eyes and go, shh, to hell with it. I'm, I'm just going to say yes. I'm just going to see mm. where this goes. Yeah. And even if things don't work out, you learn something from it. Like you learn that, all right, this is not the way I want to go. This is not, this is something, you know, I burn out from. This is something that doesn't actually bring me joy. Now I know. Now Absolutely. that I've tried. And the thing is, you're either going to say yes and you're going to fail and you're going to fail in it. This is my one thing I've learned as well. Like, this is somebody, I, I, this is not my quote, but like, it's like you fail fast. Okay. So instead of being scared of failing and not actually doing something, you say yes and you do the thing. And if it fails, you go, right. Okay. That didn't work out. I just got to pick myself back up. And I, what is the lesson that I learned from this? Don't do that again and move on to the next thing. And that's something that I learned very, very early on not to, you know, like you do something and say did a commission for a customer and the customer didn't like the artwork, which has happened. And you had to repaint the artwork or they ended up returning it or whatever the situation might be. And these things actually happened. And you're, you're either going to sit there and go, oh, my God, I'm the worst artist in the world. I can't do this. I'm never going to get any work again. Or you can go, okay, it's only art. I made a, you know, if you didn't like it, I stuffed it, you know, what will I do next time? Right. So mm -hmm. then you change your procedure, you take what you can from the lesson and you move on because, um, you know, like better actually have done the thing and learned a lesson from it than still sitting and waiting and wondering what would have happened if you actually did say yes. Mm, absolutely. And even if it does, if, if it flops and like it doesn't, if it doesn't work out, you learn a lot about yourself as well. Like if you're sitting in this discomfort or this doubt of, you know, I'm not good enough or I should just give up, like that in itself has so much growth to push through. Absolutely. And it's like even with me and like it's still every day it's a, it's a learning curve for me because I still have to talk myself down off a ledge sometime, you know, when I'm having a bad day or I still have to really – self-check sometimes how I react to certain situations and and things in my business but that is it's it's very interesting because even in just in the last six months it's it's become so much more clear to me how to deal with those those days and those situations and you just learn you you get to know how you react to things and then mm. you preempt them beforehand and you're like okay just don't just let it go and it's absolutely a learning curve every single day still um, mm. Like with any business, I guess, and with life. So it's never, it's never done. It's a, it's always a work in progress. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you're never uncomfortable, you're not growing. And that's what it's come to be. Like I used to be like, oh, I just want something comfortable. I want, I want to know things. I don't want change. I just want this little bubble that doesn't change and I'll be happy. But you realize when you are uncomfortable, you're, you're growing and you're changing, you're learning so much. It, it should all, it should, you should naturally be sitting in a fair bit of discomfort. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's the same also with your, with your, um, with your art practice, like, you know, in life and, and in, I guess in the studio is I think I feel like when I start getting too comfortable and I start kind of doing those artworks and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, that's the minute that I will be like, right, this is not like too comfortable. We need to, mm. you need to shake things up, go out and I will go out and I'll go buy some colors that I never use or I'll get a different medium or I'll buy a new brush or a tool. Um, and I'll just shake it up and challenge myself because I think complacency as well is just, you know, 
it's not something that I think is good in anyone's practice. Um, mm. So, yeah, that's absolutely something that I consciously make an effort to do that. Mm, and I think that's like why I travel as well. Like I absolutely love home, love my family, love my area, but I start getting comfortable and stuck in this little routine where there's no growth. And so I'm like, oh, you know, book a flight somewhere and I'm, you know, in a new environment, I'm in a new place with new people and there's just an, like abundance of, of experiences and, and changes my way of thinking. It's it's incredible. It's easier to stay at home, no doubt, because I know that my work's stable. I know my friends are great. I know every I I know everything pretty much. Like it's it's that comfort feeling. But as soon as I go, I've learned something and I've seen something new and it's it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's you know, like everything that we learn that's new is just, you know, forming new neural pathways. And I'm a big big believer of constantly keeping your brain firing and making sure that you're, you know, you're always learning something new and you're putting in yourself into situations where you're you have to think and you have to think sideways and you have to think different about things. Um, because I think that that's, you know, what keeps us young and what keeps us going. Mm, absolutely. And I think it's really good to have that artistic or creative side as well to then explore, all right, I'm feeling uncomfortable, I'm not sure what's going on, and you kind of explore that in a in a creative way. It's like that it's hand in hand. It's like a therapy, it, it helps understand things and process things. It's so beautiful to have like that little outlet. And especially with, you know, with this year that we've had, I think the the way that we've responded, you know, emotionally to everything everyone's been through, that's definitely something that has been something that I needed to flesh out for myself in the studio. Mm, mm, and it's interesting to see that it, it reflects that in your works. And that kind of makes me think, what does inspire your artworks? Is it fairly intuitive of I'm feeling down and that's what I'm going to paint? Or is it like you looking outside in nature? Like what brings you inspiration? That's a, yeah, colour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> always been mm -hmm. color so I'm just obsessed with color I see when I close my eyes I see like whole artworks behind my wow. closed eyes yeah I'll like a lion bed I just you know a lion bed sometimes and I when I close my eyes just before I fall asleep I'll be like I can actually see like a whole artwork just form itself and I, f I feel like you know color jumps out at me everywhere I go so I will usually just be really inspired by color I would sit somewhere and I'd be like I'd see something and I'd go oh that what if I put that blue with that color and that color and then I'll go to the studio and I'll just grab the paints and just start painting and see if they go together and nature is always an inspiration you'll see like I'm absolutely love love water and I love the ocean total beach bum and I <laughs> just oh I would just live my life lying on the beach so yeah always really inspired by nature and just everything around and the colors in nature which is so amazing so that and then yes absolutely just that intuition of just ponking some paint on the canvas and just seeing what it does my process is very much just starting with maybe one or two or three colors and then putting the first one on and seeing what happens to it and then putting the next one on and then kind of letting the artwork guide me where it wants to go so that's definitely very color focused mm. Mm. would you say that um enhances your perception of the world noticing the colors around you i think so and i think when you're like it's very interesting i think when you're being creative every day and you are you know consciously working with color and 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 
thinking this way that you do notice things like that more. I have always had colour jump out at me, but I think since I've been doing this as well, like you just you just always seeing colours everywhere. Like you're in the coffee shop mm. and you're like, oh my goodness, look at this, you know. And it's it's very interesting. Like so, my son, because I'm very focused on this, and I I look at details and patterns in nature and things like that fascinate me. And it's interesting because like I've been talking to him since he was five about this and he is now exactly the same so Mm. he will notice you know like different colors and he'll you know wake up in the morning and ask me what my favorite color is today um so that's a really nice mindful way of he's been doing that since he was about six every morning he'll say to me what's your favorite color today at like seven o'clock in the morning and that is fascinating because then straight away you stop thinking about all this stuff that you've got to do in the day and you go, oh, hang on a minute. What is my favorite color today? And it's just that it's just a very small mindfulness exercise that we do every morning now. So yeah, so that's that's very interesting. I think you can definitely train yourself to be more aware of color and and pattern and the beauty that is around us. Mm, absolutely. And I don't know if it's just like because I'm a creative or I've just consciously been a, a lot more aware, but I just notice these things. Like even where I am now I'm in the courtyard and just the, like the texture of the flowers and like the color combinations between plants it just blows my mind or I'll go to a cafe and just like notice all these colors that people around me don't see and I, it's yeah. interesting because it really brings like a zest to life when you just look around and it's it's you know popping with color and and texture and and things it's incredible how it how it changes the way you see things absolutely and i find that it's a really mindful thing as well because i think like you know i have this thing just really appreciating the really little things in life and kind of just having those moments of pure joy where you just you know you see a beautiful flower or there's an amazing sunset and and those things and i find that that is just so much part of my day now really kind of focusing on those little moments and I think that it's like I said before it's definitely something that you can you know that I think we should all be more mindful of these things but yes you can train yourself to you see that and I think the more you work with color and the more you you know focus on being creative those I think those perceptions become a lot stronger Mm, and what you put your attention to you seem to see a lot more if you're really focusing on the negatives like genuinely the way you perceive your world Um, because I study psychology and I've absolutely been so fascinated by this like you know if you're putting your attention on all the negatives your brain knows to pick it up because it's saying oh this is important information and so everything you start to see is biased towards that view to like fuel that belief and so when you flip it to the positive like your brain actually looks out for oh that was a you know random act of kindness and that you know things are just looking brighter and it picks up on it Absolutely. And it's, a, it's absolutely, the, you know, those, those neural pathways, you're training your brain to look for the pretty in the world and you're training your brain to look for colour and to look for, you know, the things that make you happy. Just the same way as you could be constantly looking for the, for the negatives and the bad and everything. So um, that's definitely something I feel that is important that we can change that. You can mm. actually change it and focus on the things that are bringing you joy and that are positive and your brain can be trained to do that. It's fascinating. Mm, absolutely. And trauma is not a prerequisite, but I feel like those who have gone through it often, you know, really appreciate the small things. Like I was so close to losing it or I, I had that kind of vulnerable stage and now it's like, wow, I get to wake up and, you know, smell the coffee and see the sun and it just be I get to experience this today and that's such a beautiful thing and you don't need to go through that. That's not that's absolutely not a prerequisite but, you know, learning to be mindful and, and grateful 
really makes a difference. Absolutely. No, and, and I agree with you. Don't, you don't need to go through trauma. I mean, who, we, nobody wants to go through trauma. It, it just, you know, it is something that just really, it does just break you down to a point where you appreciate, you know, like I said before, just being able to have that coffee in the morning and function and do the things that you that you're doing so it really does bring it back that said there are you know so many people in the world that live their lives being so mindful which is just amazing and I think it's important I think it's an important way to to live your life I think it's very easy to even with things at the moment look at everything around us and go oh my goodness you know the world is doomed and all those things and it's even more important now to really look at those tiny moments in the day just to keep yourself positive and to have those moments of mindfulness Mm, absolutely like you don't have to hit rock bottom to have to reassess everything you can do it now and in a point of comfort and happiness you can still be like all right like reassess what you're doing, where you're going, how how you're feeling, and and practice those mind mindfulness and be grateful yeah. at any point in time. Yeah, absolutely agree. Mm. It's exciting though to see that mindfulness and and gratitude is becoming a more commonplace thing. It's it really is is fundamental. Absolutely, and it's an interesting one because I find you know it means different things to me, to different people. So you know your your idea of mindfulness is is different to my idea of mindfulness. You know, so um, I also find that because it's become a bit more mainstream, talking about it, like people are, I guess, embracing it a little bit more and finding the things that work for them instead mm-hmm. of just going by what everyone's saying. You know, you need to do this, you need to meditate, all those things. My my idea of mindfulness is lying on the beach after a swim listening to the waves you know mm. like that's that's my meditation um and that's something that i like to do you know look might look completely different for you so i think it's very important to to find that thing that does bring you joy and even if you can fit it in only like you know three times a week or whenever you can do it just really fight for having that time and being able to do that thing that makes you happy Mm, yeah, really well said, really well said. And I think it's good that it is becoming so aware so then people are really thinking about it and, and tweaking it to their environment. All right, maybe like for me, I love running and that's a little like get out of my head thing and I've learned that through just being a bit more aware of, okay, this is what I find joy in and peace and this is what I don't. And maybe sometimes meditation is really hard and so just a couple minutes is yeah. nice for me and that's my sweet spot and not having to push myself to be able to meditate for a long time so it's really I guess another journey of self-discovery in itself of what brings you mindfulness what brings you joy and just trying to follow that yeah absolutely and that's kind of why I took a gap year as well after school I was like I want to do all the things that I love to do and, and brings me joy and just and just try it all out and so I know now I've really been experimenting all right you know I really like to get up early and go for a walk and this is what you know, feels nice. And this is like the little habits that I've created. And so my mornings now are filled with that, you know, I'll take myself to a cafe and the little things that I find really mindful, I'm now able to quite effortlessly implement. Absolutely. And I find also, you know, I guess with my generation, we, you know, kind of we study and then we, we get married, we have kids. And then it's like almost as all of a sudden go, oh, well, I don't really know what I like to do anymore. So it's a hard one because then you've got to kind of go and find out what is it that brings me joy and try and find time to do the things that bring you joy. So it's amazing that you've already identified those things because it took me a very long time to find out what it is that I really enjoyed to do so well done 
thank you thank you but it also <laughs> I, I feel like it is a lot more easier to do that now like yeah I know gap years are definitely a, a funny thing and when I said I'm taking gap year a lot of people are like oh but you'll never go back to study and you'll you know you'll waste your time but it has definitely become a lot more accepted and people are like cool what do you want to explore and try and and do and and see and so it's it's really beautiful that it is becoming a lot more accessible and, and easy to be like hey I'm going to try out this I'm going to see this and just allow yourself to explore that you know years ago it was we well, that's not getting Went you anywhere to, yeah. in your career so <laughs> absolutely and we we talk about this a lot and it's you know a kind of thing if, if I feel like gap year is so it's so important for someone like you're 18 you're coming out of school like I think back now I had no idea what I wanted to do I, I know I wanted to create, but I couldn't do that. So I guess if I'd had a bit more time to just sit with myself and figure out what I wanted to do, then I may have studied something completely different. But it wasn't something that we did back then. So it's kind of like something now that is absolutely accepted and even encouraged. Um, mm. And I, I love that idea. I think it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like it's better to take a year off and consolidate or at least explore ideas so say you know you're thinking you like art but maybe I should just do a business degree it'll get me a job you'll go straight into that and I guess maybe in 10 years time you'll realize all right I'm burning out this isn't what I'm meant to do or you can take a year off and it might be a bit daunting and you might not have some you know work but you realize hey I actually want to take a different path and you get to realize it earlier absolutely yeah that's absolutely and that's what happens to so many of our generation right because we we did that we did all of that go straight out of school went and study because you need to you know provide and you have to have a job and pay your bills and then we get to 40 and we're like well, what what happened like we're stuck here we don't know it's, I don't know if this is what I want to do um mm. so it's absolutely that happened and then but then on the flip side of that you have you have some people that just know that they're going to be you know a doctor and they that's their path and that's the other side of that and there, there are some people that are just amazingly sure about where their purpose is and what their path is and you know they take that path and they do amazingly well so mm. um, what I love though is the fact that there is there's there are no rules about this anymore you just do what you need to do for for your own health and well-being and for your mental health Mm, absolutely and like yeah exactly if, if you know if you want to be a doctor you go study that's perfect that's you know your right path and you're following that but I guess if you're a creative or you're questioning that course and you're doing it purely because you need to get a job then it's unsustainable and what I found with a lot of artists who I've been talking to um for the podcast is that they'll go like, straight into a job didn't want to do it didn't really like it but it was work and then kind of burnt out 20 30 years later or had um a bit of a, a crisis or like and realize all right this is a bit of a wake up. I'm not doing what I love. What is it that I love? And then it's almost, is it too late to explore what I do love? But um, I don't want to stick with what I'm doing and it becomes a bit of a sticky thing. But it's it's interesting though that people do seem to find the right path, whether it takes years or a lifetime, like they do realise it. Yeah, we do eventually realise. <laughs> but it is that, that is a very um, common kind of story of, you know, like a lot of artists that I speak to is that kind of realising later in life that you are you need to follow your creative calling because if you don't, then, you know, you're just never going to, you just, it's that thing. Like I think being a creative and you all know this, it's like it's, it's very hard to explain. It's just that thing inside you that just drives you to constantly mm. explore and want to make things and create things. And I've been, I've been like this since I can remember. And it's always driven me. And now that I get to do it every day, it's like it's even stronger. 
Like, because you're doing it every single day. Now it's like, oh, I can do this thing and this thing and this thing. It's hard even just putting a lid on all of those ideas and, you know, creative offshoots that you have. So it's very hard not to follow that creative calling if you if you do have it. So I've, I feel like at some point in, in every creative's life, it's it will bubble over and want to come out. Absolutely. You can't ignore it. You no. cannot ignore it. Mm, that's such a key message. I really think that's a huge thing. If you've got that pull but you're a bit scared and if you want to do a normal job, like, you just can't ignore it. It's going to keep like knocking on that door. It's going to keep going. Like I've had so, I've, I've had so <laughs> many iterations of this, you know, kind of like I started a little cake business when my son was one year old. Then I was just like, I need to do something. What am I going to do? I'm going to, oh, I'm going to make cakes. I'm good at this. I'm good at fondant. I can make little figurines out of fondant and put them on top of the cakes. There's a cake business. Did that for a little bit and then moved into something else and something else. And there was just this constant thing just in the back of everything else happening in my life that was saying but you got to create something you got to make something you know so it was just always there wanting to come out and this was this was the thing and this finally you know it finally found the outlet and it finally found me in the right space Mm. to be able to actually fully commit to it Mm. yeah absolutely because that little inkling follow it Mm. absolutely Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Maggie. I've really appreciated the conversation we've had. It's been so insightful. It's been lovely to talk to you. I am lots of of discussions about lots of stuff, but it's been really fun. Well, that wraps up this week's podcast with Maggie McDonald, where we discuss how to keep your work authentic, comfort zones and mindfulness. Maggie's zest for life is so inspiring. So if you want to hear from more artists like her, stay tuned.